now here we another shooting, and the media starts flipping out. We played the soundbite earlier of uh, Senator Bill Nelson saying maybe we need to think about background checks as if that doesn't happen anymore. The amount of misinformation is absolutely insane. It really is absolutely insane. So I wanted to bring on uh, John Lott, who is I think the uh, the expert in the in the country when it comes to crime stats, uh, uh, gun crime stats, you name it, to get the proper take on this. Uh, Dr. Lott, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing this morning? Doing, doing great. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Um, so one of the things I noticed, I, I follow you on Twitter, and one of the things I noticed is that uh, you started to put uh, links and info out about uh, how much crime, gun crime, gun violence, if you want to call it that, mass shootings, whatever it is, happens in America compared to the rest of the world. Because all you hear is lawmakers saying, these kinds of shootings only take place in America. What What do your stats tell you? Well, I mean, that's anybody who casually follows the news should realize that that statement that it only happens in America is false. I mean, take France. In one year, in 2015, a country one-fifth the population in the United States had more casualties from mass public shootings than we had during the entire Obama presidency. I mean, you had just the attack in November 2015. You had 130 people killed and several hundred people wounded. Um, you know, it just, that doesn't count the Charlie Hebdo attack or the other ones that they had uh, there in France. And that's just one year. Um, you know, you have school shootings that regularly occur in, in Europe. Uh, Belgium has had attacks. Finland has had mass shootings at malls and at a university. Uh, you know, uh, Norway uh, has had an attack much larger per cap in absolute numbers than we had we've had here in the United States. Uh, just if you look at the gun deaths and not the bombing deaths, they had uh, 168 people kill or 68 people killed. So I mean. Uh, and the rest of the world is even really worse. Uh, people can see the numbers if they go to our website at crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org. But um, you know, I'm very frustrated by the discussion after the horrible tragedy in Florida there, and that is we have all these politicians rushing and gun control advocates rushing to the microphones yesterday uh, calling for different types of gun control. The one that they always call for is background checks on the private transfers of guns. President Obama, after each mass public shooting that he talked about, uh, brought up the issue of, uh, of these types of background checks. But the thing is, they bring this up as a solution, but they can't point to one of the mass public shootings that have taken place that would have been stopped if that type of law had been in effect. There's no uh, mass public shooting this century, uh, at least since 2000, that would have been stopped if that type of law had already been in place. So why they think uh, it would have stopped uh, these other attacks isn't obvious to me, or why they're even bringing it up yesterday before they even know what the, what actually happened with that case. And yet they pushed these laws that they must realize will have no beneficial effect in terms of the things they're claiming uh, it should be passed for. And yet they oppose changes in laws that seem directly connected. So yesterday we had yet another 
mass public shooting in a place where general citizens are banned from having guns for protection, these so-called gun-free zones. I mean, you look at the other mass public shootings in Florida, for example, everything from uh, the Pulse nightclub attack uh, to the Fort Lauderdale airport attack to the uh, last summer's uh, uh, business attack in Orlando, Florida, at the RV uh, company there or the Hialeah restaurant attack. All those occurred in places where people weren't allowed to have their permanent concealed handguns with them. You know, uh, you know I, I don't know how many times we can see statements from these killers where they explain, either in diaries or to others, why they picked the targets that they did because they wanted to go to a place where victims weren't able to defend themselves. You're right. And, I, and, I, and by the way, this is John Lott, who you're listening to uh, on KNST AM 790. CrimeResearch.org is his website. All kinds of great info there. Um, I, I remember I read what you wrote after the Tucson shooting, because we're in Tucson. Um, it was the only mass shooting that didn't take place in a gun-free zone. Um, and, well, I mean, and, there have been... But, there but, been that was the only one, though, but I remember Gabby Gifford said she didn't want any people, any, any protection from the sheriff's deputies. She went, So basically was kind of, in a way, a gun-free zone because there was no law enforcement there to try to, well, I guess, you know, make people realize they can't come do this. Granted, the shooter was insane, but uh, it's the only one. No, I, know. I mean, there have been a number of ones, but it's still a small number. Mm. If you look since, since uh, 1950, it's... Over 98% of these mass public shootings have taken place in areas where permit-concealed handguns aren't allowed. You know, you bring up police being around to protect people. I I think anybody who's read my work knows how important I think police are in reducing crime, but you have to have a lot of sympathy for a police officer in uniform trying to stop these types of mass public shootings. If you put somebody in uniform, it's kind of like putting them with a neon sign saying, shoot me first. Yeah, no, you're right. These guys, these guys have a virtually impossible job trying to stop uh, these types of attacks. If you had one police officer with Gabby Giffords, my guess is he would have been the first person shot at that event. Uh, you know, whether it's in the United States or overseas, you look at the Charlie Hebdo attack, uh, the first people killed there were the police that were there to guard it. You look at the Istanbul attack last year. Uh, the first person killed there was the police officer who was guarding, who was there at the the nightclub. I mean, you just and you've seen those types of things in the United States in the Orlando uh, nightclub shooting in the United States. Uh, the first person shot at, though he wasn't killed, was the uniform off-duty police officer who was there to uh, help guard the place. Uh, John Lott is on KNST AM 790. Uh, again, crimeresearch.org is his website. One senator from Connecticut, Chris Murphy, he's a, he's a bit out there. And as the chaos was unfolding, he was on the Senate floor. He was, he was supposed to talk about immigration yesterday. Uh, but without even knowing any facts about it, as uh, this, this uh, poor kids and the teachers, the faculty were getting uh, you know chased out of the school. And they didn't even have the shooter in custody yet. He's up there on the Senate floor blaming gun control. And he made this statement that states with uh, looser gun laws have higher crimes. Is that what you find? No. I mean... I mean, look at Chicago. I, look, look what's going I, on in state yeah. of Illinois. Well, uh, look, uh, you don't want to pick one place, and, and you just don't want to look across time. I mean, Chicago has lots of problems that go on. I mean, I'll just give you one example. It's much 
more than any type of gun control issue. Uh, in 1990, uh, about 67% of murders in Chicago resulted in arrest. Uh, by 2016, that was down to 20%. The national average rate that murders result in arrest is 64%. So in Chicago, it's, it's less than a third the rate that it is nationally. And so, you know, if you're not going to get arrested, uh, let alone convicted for committing a murder, uh, guess what? You're going to have more of those types of crimes. And there are reasons why Chicago has that problem. And that among the problems are the fact that, you know, they made an agreement a couple years ago with the ACLU that every time a police officer talks to somebody, uh, they have to spend maybe an hour filling out a detailed two-page legal-sized form uh, with small print on it uh, that asks incredibly detailed questions about their interactions with the civilian. Um, you know, it, they've done lots of other things. They closed down detective bureaus in the high-crime-rate parts of the city under uh, Rahm Emanuel. They've done many other things. So. Chicago has a lot of problems, but what you do find, you know, even when you try to account for, uh, for policing and dumb policing rules, what you do find is that uh, those places that have stricter gun control have uh, increases in, uh, in violent crime rates after uh, those rules have been put in place. Uh, yeah, absolutely incredible. So just to wrap up, all your research, everything. I mean, we're a free society. What is, there is no perfect solution. Is the best solution just to basically arm teachers if they want to be armed and want to be trained? Is that the best thing you can do to try to protect students from the next school shooting? Well, that's what I've been advocating since 1998. And it just, you know, I don't... Uh, you know, we have a number of states now uh, that allow uh, people to be able to carry on uh, schools, uh, including teachers. Uh, we have yet to see an attack at those types of places. My guess is you're not going to see an attack in places like, um, you know, Utah or other similar states that have, uh, that allow teachers uh, and, and staff to be able to go and carry. You know, the thing is, the advantage of having concealed carry for a staff member is that the attacker, even if he's a student there at the school, isn't going to know which of the staff are going to be able to stop them if they go and do something like that. If you put one officer at a school, like happened yesterday, apparently, there was one uh, officer there, police officer there at the school. I mean, I have no idea what happened to him, but I wouldn't want to have his job when somebody goes and attack to have somebody in uniform guarding a place day after day, week after week, month after month, there's just no way somebody in uniform can, uh, can protect that type of place if, if, the, if they're attacked first. Oh, you're right. Dr. John Lott, listen, I appreciate the expertise this morning, and, I, and I'm so grateful you're able to come on and give out real information and facts. Uh, people need to go to your website, crimeresearch.org, and follow you on Twitter as well, uh, John R. Lott, Jr., Thank you for the time this morning, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take you care. It. You too. 653, we'll continue. What do you think about that? 880-KNST, 880-5678. I want to get your calls. We'll start at 710 with calls 
Uh, I mean, what what do you you have kids in school, grandkids? You had them, you had them in school, whatever it is. What do you think is the best and most feasible way to try to stop this from happening? And I I, I don't know how you can do anything but say arm teachers, arm teachers that want to be armed. Gun-free zone means you're a sitting duck. I don't know what else you need to do about this. Uh, as a matter of fact, we'll have more reaction. Again, the, and the big story is that the FBI was warned about this guy. All the signs were there. Even Trump tweeted about it. I'll tell you about that coming up. 654 KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk.